God, we pray that you give us ears to listen, minds to understand, and hearts to love. We pray this in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. This weekend, the Alabama Symphony Orchestra is putting on free concerts at Railroad Park. I went on Friday night and saw several people from St. Stephen's there, and I know I heard some of you saying you went last night. Maybe a few of you will take the chance to go tonight, just as the last chance. Uh, they're free and beautiful concerts, and the weather was beautiful. Um, and as I had been thinking a lot about the Holy Spirit this, le this week leading up to Pentecost, I began to reflect as I was there enjoying the concert, how the orchestra is a good analogy for us Christians coming together as a church. Each musician with their years of experience and their respective instruments is like each of us with our distinctive gifts given to us by God. And the conductor is like the Holy Spirit in a way, leading and guiding us to not only play our individual parts to the best of our ability, but also leading and guiding us to come together, to play together in concert with excellence as an orchestra comes together and follows the conductor's lead. Without the conductor, the musicians might be able to play together, but with a conductor to guide them, they can all come together to make even more beautiful music together as we've experienced at Railroad Park with the ASO this weekend. As individual followers of Christ, we might be able to live quietly and faithfully into our particular gifts. But if we allow ourselves to be conducted by the Holy Spirit, we can come together to be something even greater than ourselves. We can share communion, share forgiveness, and in doing so, be the body of Christ. So what do we say that we believe about the Holy Spirit? In the Apostles' Creed, which we say in the context of our daily morning prayer and other services, we say, I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. And in the Nicene Creed, which we say most Sundays in the Holy Eucharist, or today as we reaffirm our beliefs in the service of holy baptism, we believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, he is worshiped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. So as we think about the Holy Spirit as we celebrate this Feast of Pentecost, I want you to hold in your mind both what I described for you and what you've experienced, whether at Railroad Park or at some other concert that you've attended, in the one hand. And on the other hand, I want you to also hold in your mind what we say each week we believe about the Holy Spirit. Today on the Feast of Pentecost, we give special praise and attention to the third person of the Trinity, the Spirit. We also consider what happened on Pentecost as portrayed in the passage we just heard Rita read from Acts 2. It's the birth of the church with a capital C, the church universal, or as we say in our creeds, the holy Catholic with a little c, church. On Pentecost, we celebrate both the Holy Spirit and the beginnings of the one worldwide church of all Christians, all followers of Christ. We celebrate the Holy Spirit and the church on this one feast day, 
because the Holy Spirit is that aspect of the Holy Trinity, our three-in-one God, who is the means by which all of us individual Christians become one church, one community of believers, one body of Christ. While each of us has the Holy Spirit of God living within us, acting as a comforter, advocate, and guide for us as individuals, when we read about these moments in Scripture when God is most clearly sending the Holy Spirit to be with his people, to be with us, we see this happening in moments when the community of believers is gathered together. When we look at the Old Testament passage for today from Numbers 11, here are the circumstances in which God gave the Spirit to be with God's people in those times. Moses went out and told the people the words of the Lord, and he gathered 70 elders of the people and placed them all around the tent. Then the Lord came down in the cloud and spoke to him and took some of the spirit that was on him and put it on the 70 elders. Notice what is happening here. Moses is God's representative, a conduit for the message of God. But God doesn't want to only work and speak through one person, Moses. The Lord comes down in a cloud and speaks to Moses, but God doesn't stop there. God then takes some of the spirit that was on Moses and also puts it on 70 elders of the people or leaders of the church who received the spirit and each one of them was enabled to prophesy or to share God's message with others. In this Old Testament story, God first puts his spirit upon one person, but then God moves so that the spirit originally placed upon the one is then sh shared with 70 more. The spirit of God is all about enabling the community of believers, the church, to flourish. Later in the Numbers passage, we hear about two men in the church camp, Eldad and Medad, whom the Spirit had rested on and who were lingering outside in the camp. A few very by-the-book complainers really didn't like that Eldad and Medad were exercising their prophetic gifts in the camp rather than in the tent. It just wasn't proper. It wasn't the usual way of doing things. So the complainers took their gripes with Eldad and Medad to Joshua, Moses' right-hand man, who said to Moses, stop them. But Moses, in his great wisdom in that moment of having to choose between a procedure and God's people, chose God's people. He replied, would that all the Lord's people were prophets and that the Lord would send his spirit on them. In other words, Moses is reminding Joshua and the people who had complained to him through Joshua, the more the merrier. God needs more people to be filled with his spirit and sharing his message, not less. Set aside your insecurities, your jealousies, your keeping track of mistakes, your adherence to procedure and the letter of the law for the sake of something much higher, being open to receiving the Holy Spirit's gifts and offering them up for the building up not of ourselves, but of God's kingdom here on earth. A healthy, flourishing church is one in which not just one or two people have access to the spirit and spiritual gifts. Rather, a healthy and flourishing church is one in which God's spirit and the gifts it brings are shared with many, energizing many members of the community to live fully into spirit-filled and spirit-guided lives. 
A church empowered by the Holy Spirit is not one in which people jealously guard their territory or demand what is due them. Rather, a church empowered by the Holy Spirit is one in which people lavishly share the gifts of the Holy Spirit with everyone in the congregation, taking great delight in sharing together in the work of the church, collaborating in ways that empower each one to live fully into the Holy Spirit at work in and through them and through their God-given gifts. Later, as we read in today's gospel passage from John 20, we hear of Jesus visiting the disciples who had closed themselves up in a locked room for fear that, of people who might threaten them now that Jesus had gone. But then the risen Jesus comes to them to set their hearts and minds at ease. The risen Jesus comes to them to reassure them that he will not leave them alone, to fend for themselves. In this intimate scene of Jesus coming back to comfort and encourage his friends, he tells them this, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Notice that Jesus didn't come to just one or two of the disciples alone. Rather, Jesus chose to give them the Holy Spirit when they were gathered together as the whole group. And he gave them the Holy Spirit for the sake not just of comforting them, but to guide them into living together in healthy community through empowering them through the Holy Spirit to forgive one another. Jesus gave the disciples the Holy Spirit in this case, for the specific purpose of enabling them to engage in the most important community building and church building work of all, the work of forgiveness. As we reaffirm in our creeds, we believe in one baptism for the forgiveness of sins, one baptism in which we are sealed by the Holy Spirit and marked as Christ's own forever, one baptism that not just promises us that we will be forgiven our own sins, that by the Holy Spirit working in us, we receive one baptism that promises us the will to be able to offer forgiveness to others. One baptism in which we take our place in the body of Christ and able to live in peace and community with all the other followers of Christ because we have been given by the power of the Holy Spirit the most important gift of all, the gift of living and loving forgiving community with one another. To return to the symphony concert described earlier in the sermon, forgiveness is what allows us to live in concert with one another. As we each exercise the distinct gifts the Holy Spirit has given to us, each one of us is equally needed and equally important as we play our instruments or exercise our gifts alongside one another with the Holy Spirit as our conductor, our advocate, and our guide. Just as someone in a music ensemble may play a wrong note here or there or be out of sync for a moment with the other musicians, in that moment, they look past it and play on. What people in the audience notice much more than the mistake, if they even noticed it at all, is the ability for everyone in the orchestra to make such beautiful music together. And so it is with us in the church. We will make mistakes sometimes individually or corporately, but we don't stop being the church. 
We don't stop coming together for worship. We keep showing up, each offering our own gifts. And empowered by the Holy Spirit at work in each of us, we forgive the wrong notes, the moments when we feel out of sync, the imperfections, and we play on. Amen. <laughs>